La Patrulla de Caminos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be talking about revenue optimizing analytics solutions. Joining us is Mark Stoos, who's the CEO at Proof Analytics, which is a marketing analytics platform that helps CMOs and CFOs bridge the RI gap by providing cause and effect analytics that shows marketing and sales, true business impact and financial worth. Proof Analytics business GPS guides their clients through the entire marketing's life cycle from planning and budgeting through optimization of marketing across all channels. Yesterday, Mark and I talked about marketing mix modeling and today we're gonna continue our conversation and discuss business data's underlying cause and effect relationships. Okay, here's my conversation with Mark Stoos, the CEO at Proof Analytics. Mark, this is an interesting one. And I think what I'd love to hear from you is this, because I, I think the underlying tone in our conversation from yesterday was marketers really don't have a, a handle on the data that's useful, both in terms of the cause and effect of what they're doing in the marketplace, but where they're investing. Tell me about how investors and board members are feeling about marketing's ability to provide them good kind of heuristic data that's going to indicate future success. How are they feeling about how we're doing these days? I would say that it's not a fun message. You know, I think one of the biggest disservices that a lot of the marketing trade publications online and offline do for the profession is that they will create a survey and says, are you attaining ROI? Are you proving ROI to your to your board or to your C-suite? And you'll get these, you know, they'll send it out to CMOs and the CMOs will, you know, like 80% of them will say yes, right? But if you went to the their C-suites, you would get a resounding no, right? Even today, even after all the investments that have been made in all the different parts of the marketing stack and the great work that is being done by many rev ops teams and marketing ops teams, it's just not there. And so one of the problems here is that marketers have been trying to find the easy solution. They have been trying to figure out something that works good enough that doesn't tax them too much. And you have to remember that for a lot of people, and I was once very much in this category, right, myself, I, I sort of went into marketing and communications, you know, 25 years ago to some degree because it didn't involve any math, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of a lot of marketers fall into this category. And so the whole idea Number one, it's not fun. Number two, it's not an area of expertise. They don't have a lot of knowledge about it. And they're just trying to get, you know, find the shortest distance between two points. Well, you know, the shortest distance between two points actually is scientifically validated for centuries. And that is regression, analytics, multivariable 
regression. But it's it's not something you can just wave a magic wand. You can't throw some form of machine learning into a bunch of data and have it show you the patterns that exist in that data and have you say, wow, those repeating patterns show value. That's the That shows our, our positive impact because that's not it. That's not what that shows. It shows that you've got a repeating pattern. That's it. So net-net, I would say that marketers have, you know, we're going into what is probably a recession. We're seeing budgets already being cut 30, 40, 50% in many companies. If you have any doubt about how your C-suite sees your ability to, to prove value historically as a marketer, look at your budget cuts. Because they're not, they're actually not looking, I mean, other than having to meet an expense target, they're not looking to cut things that deliver a lot of value. In fact, with the right analytics, what we see is that a lot of times marketing teams that use marketing mix modeling are increasing their investments over time because they can show an optimized curve, so-called S-curve, right, that says, okay, you know what? This will continue to deliver more and more value if we invest more and more in it up to this point. That's the point of diminishing returns. And all this is very dynamic, right? As the marketplace shifts, the S-curve shifts as well. So being able to keep up with it, being able to say, hey, this is what right now we can do if you invest more, a lot of times they'll do that. If they can afford to do it, they would be stupid not to invest more in something that's creating a lot of value. So I think that you have to see major budget cuts today as a function of two things. One, marketing typically is a huge number on the income statement. And so they, they are going to go after those big targets, right? There's a lot of potential cuts to be made there. And number two, you have to see it as a, it's a vote of confidence or, not, or no confidence, as the case may be, in what you're doing. And if they cut you by 50%, what they're really saying is, we know that we can't do it without you, but we define you tactically and in, in, in terms of what you can execute, not in terms of your value. And that's something to listen to. One of the arguments I hear about this very kind of concept of data's ability to provide directional help in terms of investment is that market forces are changing so quickly that that data quite often is out of date by time we're able to ingest it. And we talked yesterday a bit about that, how some of the more static models, some of the models that frankly are more complex and require more people, that can often be the case that just simply by the time the data is expressed and the results are expressed, the data is the antiquated results are actually in the past. Do you feel like there's any validity to that idea that things are changing or moving so quickly? Or do you feel like the typical marketing mix model has enough flexibility in it that can really handle that type of change? Yeah. And so number one, things are moving that fast and there's a lot more volatility than we've ever seen before, at least in the, you know, in the last say 20 years or so, 25 years. So if you are using marketing mix modeling and doing it kind of the legacy way, right? It cannot keep up. It has to be automated. It must absolutely positively be automated so that it can operate like a GPS and give you new directions on where to go if all of a sudden your path is blocked, your route to value is suddenly blocked. So that is, that's really, really key, but that's not about the math. The other thing that I would say here is that data, so the alliteration, the attractiveness of the alliteration aside for a moment, 
the idea that you are data driven is really a bad idea. Data is always about the past, 100%, right? It's like the score of an NBA game. It tells you something, right? It tells you one, but it doesn't tell you anything about why. And it's about the past by definition. So if you are data driven, you're actually driving while looking in the review mirror and you are going to crash. So one of the things that we have seen analytically with our customers is if you look at analytics and turn, you know, the, we're talking about marketing mix modeling. If, if you look at the analytics on what was really working in 2019 versus 2020, 2021 and 2022 year to date, you're going to see four very different scenarios. And if you essentially predicated, let's take two years in that block that probably for, in terms of the way most people experience them, felt the same, 2020 and 2021. If you were to take 2020 and plan statically based on that for 2021, you would have been substantially out if you did not have the ability to adjust perpetually during 2021. You would have seen a lot of wasted marketing spend. This is not because your marketing spend, you know, is, you know, like what you're doing is bad or anything like that. You're just behind the curve in terms of what the marketplace is throwing at you. And so that's the way that I would answer that question. Ultimately, what we're talking about here is the cause and effect, but effectively our ability as marketers to get the funds necessary to really drive forward our agenda. And typically, by the way, guys, that agenda is always growth. We talked about two things. One is, if you're not able to improve the ROI, guess what? Your budget's going to get cut, right? And that's likely going to get a cut when some sort of major externality rears its ugly head. The Fed increasing interest rates leading to a, an imminent recession, as an example. But the other is, you mentioned before, organizations that have gone through recessionary times that have been using really sound modeling, typically are actually getting more budget than others. Is there some middle ground here, Mark, where it's the consequences, you know, effectively... I maintain my budget with my ability to show that I understand what's happening in the marketplace, or is it really that binary? It's you're getting budget, it's getting cut, or it's not. No, actually, you know, one of our earliest customers who is still a customer is Johnson Controls, so a competitor to Honeywell, at least in part of the Honeywell business. And they started, this is late 2019, running forecasts into kind of like the first half of 2020, with marketing mix modeling, they started seeing evidence that certain things were likely to start not working as well as they historically had. Fuel marketing, it was one of them. And you have to remember that this is before anybody was really super aware of COVID, and yet things were already starting to register in the data. If they had said, you know what, this doesn't make any sense and we're not going to listen to it, that would have been totally understandable, but they had found the marketing mix modeling to be very relevant to their operations. And so they kind of let it play out a little bit further. They, you know, by, but by the time things got into kind of like the March, April timeframe of 2020, they were like, whoa, right? And so they started disengaging from their field marketing and other kinds of set piece marketing event type things 
rapidly, right? They'd pay the the fine or you know the 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 termination fee if they needed to. They'd negotiate out of it in some respect. And they saved like six million dollars doing that and and were able to plow that back in. But then going forward further into like this is like August or September of 2020, finance came to them and said, hey, you know, we're we're proposing a 40 percent budget cut people in programs for marketing. And they were able to show finance the analytic and model what that cut, how that cut would be felt going forward in the, over the next one to two years. And the, the considered opinion of the business was that was a bad cut, right? That was not going to be what they, it was going to be way too expensive in terms of what they would lose versus what they would gain. So they got cut, you know, like 15% and the finance went elsewhere in the company for the rest of it. Right. And that is, you know, I mean, I think any marketer, who has been doing this for any length of time knows that that is a major win, right? I mean, you just don't see that happen too often, but it's an exemplar of the power of the analytics. Something I want to pull out and make sure everybody heard here is that pre-pandemic, this modeling predicted that field marketing would be in decline without really a causal factor. In other words, you guys weren't calling the WHO or CDC and going, hey, guys, guess what? We have a pandemic in the way. But the model actually was better at predicting economic impacts, ultimately, at a micro level than the CDC. So I would suggest perhaps the next big client for you guys is the CDC. Look at field marketing models. And guys, that's the next pandemic coming when we look to pull field marketing out of the marketing mix modeling. So, Mark, I've learned a ton today. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise with me and the audience. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Mark Stoos, the CEO at Proof Analytics, for joining us. If you'd like to contact Mark or learn more about him, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Mark, M-A-R-K-S-T-O-U-S-E, or visit his company website at proofanalytics.ai. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our presentations and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 